Well, once again, Gonzaga was early on a recruit who ended up flying up the rankings. Will Dusty Stromer be this team's new Julian Strother, or could he start as soon as year one? Let's discuss. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash college now and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE and you will get a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, folks, we are continuing our player preview series today, discussing every player on Gonzaga's roster, looking at their history, including how they ended up here in Spokane. We're also going to discuss their best and worst case scenarios for this upcoming season, and then close out the show with a more realistic role projection, expectations for the season, and their future at Gonzaga, and potentially professionally after that. We talked about Ben Gregg first a couple weeks ago. We talked about Ryan Nemhard. We talked about Steel Venters last week. Haven't done as many of these as I thought we would because we've had some updates, some recruiting stuff coming forward, but we are doing our fourth player preview episode today discussing the team's most notable freshman addition, Dusty Stromer. And I say most notable because he was the one that we knew was coming into this class a long time ago. Many of the other freshmen joining the roster, Luka Krinovich, Pavel Stosic, they came in right at the last second to join this team. Whereas Dusty Stromer, he's been a known Gonzaga target, a known Gonzaga commit for a very, very long time. Dusty is a six foot six combo guard from Sherman Oaks, California. He played at Notre Dame High School, where he won a state championship in his senior season. He's a four star prospect, ranked number 62nd in the class of 2023 at 24-7 sports. However, he's ranked 48th at on three, and he was ranked 34th at ESPN. So a decent spread in the, the three kind of most notable recruiting services in terms of how they perceive Dusty Stromer, but being between a top borderline top 35 prospect to being just outside the top 50, it's still generally consensus that he is around a top 50-ish prospect in that class of 2023. Uh, and again, a guy who's kind of rose up the ranks shortly after getting attention from Gonzaga. I, I mentioned Julian Strother in the cold open because he's a player who had a kind of a similar trajectory where he got attention from Gonzaga early. And at the time it was like, oh, Gonzaga's giving attention to somebody who's barely top 100 or not top 100 at the time. And then we saw Julian continue to climb up those rankings. Dusty did had a somewhat similar projection. It's kind of more proof that Gonzaga is very good at identifying talent and can identify guys early who end up showing more production later in their high school careers. But usually if Gonzaga has gotten in on time, they can get those kids to commit to Spokane before some of the other big buddy, uh, big schools come in and start trying to, to wrestle them away. Uh, case in point with Dusty, the Zags initially offered Dusty back in October of 2021. Now, they were not the first big, big name program to make an offer to Dusty. In fact, by the time he got that offer from Gonzaga, he already had offers from UCLA, from Louisville, from San Diego State, Ole Miss, TCU, USC, and AM, among others. But about six weeks after he took that, or after he got that initial offer from the Zags, he took an unofficial visit to Gonzaga. And after that, his recruitment was all Zags. 
No other unofficial visits, no other official visits, very few, if any, other uh, offers made to him. Unofficial visit in November 2021. He took an official visit in February of 2022, and then he committed to Gonzaga in May of 2022. No secrets, no mysteries after that, no decommits, no surprise changes. He was locked in starting in May of 2022, enrolled to Gonzaga. Here he is on campus, wearing the number four, ready to contribute right away for the Bulldogs. Now, we're going to talk more about his scouting report than we are about his actual high school production because finding actual high school data is a little bit hard and also not particularly relevant. I'd rather talk about his scouting report. So I'm going to talk about a scouting report written by Adam Finkelstein at Finkelstein, excuse me, at 24-7 Sports. Uh, he talked about a variety of different aspects of Dusty's game, but I was really intrigued by what he said about Dusty as a score. So I'm just going to read this direct quote here again from Adam Finkelstein at 24-7 Sports. He says, Quote, he's a long-range shooter with a very soft, natural ball and the ability to make tough shots. He also has more versatility to his attack than he typically gets credit for. He shoots off the dribble, can create space with little step backs while attacking to either side, and has an assortment of soft runners at his disposal. He's also very adept at taking smaller guards into the post where he has poise, footwork, and vision. So there's a lot there that I think describes multiple former Zags. The idea of having a soft floater that he can kind of go to is a really reminiscent of what we saw from Julian Strother in the past. Strother, of course, an incredible three-point shooter, but also had the ability to attack and use that little floater to get buckets. Now, one area of Strother's game that never fully developed, and he'll probably have to show more up in college, or excuse me, in the NBA with the Denver Nuggets, is the ability to actually finish through contact and get to the free throw line. Strother never got, he didn't get to the free throw line all that much. And it didn't really impact his game in a super negative way, although it is probably an aspect of his game that he'll need to improve upon. For Dusty, I think that's kind of the same thing. Dusty's six foot six. He's very skinny. He has the ability to get past defenders. He has the ability to get to that floater shot, which is going to be fantastic, especially if he can knock him down at the same level of consistency that we saw from Strother that we've seen from other Gonzaga guards in the past. But I think in time, eventually, you'll want to see him be a, a bit more physical at actually attacking defenders getting into their chest, drawing contact, getting to the free throw line, because ultimately that helps you win games in a slightly more significant way by putting the opposing team in foul trouble, getting those free baskets at the at the free throw line, et cetera, et cetera. I also like that he is willing to go into the post and post up smaller guards. That's kind of reminiscent of Nigel Williams-Goss in a way, who's very good at that during his time in Spokane. And I think Dusty being six foot six, being in the WCC, there are some bigger guards in the WCC, college basketball is gradually becoming more of a big guard league. But at the same time, there's going to be plenty of opportunities where Dusty is being guarded by somebody smaller than him. And I think in those opportunities, his ability to go down into the into the paint, get the ball on the block, and, and score that way is going to be instrumental to his success in Spokane. Uh, there's a couple other things that Adam talked about in his uh, scouting service. He talked about his defensively. He says he's a little better than advertised. He moves well for his size. He can get around screens. Uh, but he did acknowledge that the biggest cons for Dusty right now are basically his lack of strength. He said, quote, while he's older for his grade, he has yet to build up his body. He doesn't play through contract especially well and can be limited in the lane because of it and bothered by aggressive pressure as a ball handler. So I think that's kind of the the part of Dusty's game that we won't see a ton of early. I don't think he's going to be a primary ball handler. The Zags have Ryan Nempard. They have Nolan Hickman. I don't think they're going to ask, ask Dusty to do that all that much because I don't think he's ready to do that all that much. And again, I think with the finishing through the lane, I think his outside shooting will be good. His pit mid-range pull-up game might be really solid, but the ability to attack the basket might be somewhat limited by the ability to 
fight through contact. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of translates for him, especially in year one. I think as he gets stronger, as he gets more used to the college game, the physicality, I think some of that stuff will kind of go away. But it is certainly parts of his game right now that are not there just yet. Now, in terms of who Dusty was as a, as a high school player, again, he helped, he helped lead Notre Dame to a state championship. Uh, they had some really talented players on that team. Caleb Foster ended up going to Duke. Uh, I think Mason Miller was his name who ended up going to Houston. Mercy Miller, I, I apologize, I don't remember his first name, but a player was going to Houston, Players going to Duke. Uh, of course, Dusty was going to Gonzaga. Uh, he averaged about 20 points per game as a junior. He was actually asked to play center in some small like five guard lineups that Notre Dame ended up running a lot during his senior year. So he was kind of playing the big man role for that team. He showed a lot of versatility, showed some toughness being able to do that. Uh, he also played Sierra Canyon and Bronny James four times in high school and beat him every single time. I'm really hoping for a lot of reasons that Bronny James is back for that first game uh, against USC on December 2nd because a Dusty versus Bronny matchup uh, would be very fun to see in college. But I'm not holding my breath that Bronny will be able to play on December 2nd coming off of that serious heart condition that he suffered over the summer. So that's who Dusty is. That's who Dusty was in high school. That's what the scouting reports say about Dusty. But now we got to figure out what's Dusty's role going to look like in Spokane. Could he start as a true freshman at the three? Or might he get that same treatment that Julian Strother got, that Dominic Harris got, where you're just outside the rotation as a true freshman? We're going to discuss all those possible scenarios after a word from today's sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. Folks, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best and most qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and they do it for free. It's super easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. And then you just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. From there, simple tools like screening questions can make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can prioritize who you want to interview and hire. Because honestly, right now, hiring the right team member can have a positive and measurable impact on your business. And that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right candidates for your team faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, folks, I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. also want to give a special shout out to those everyday listeners. You know who you are. Thank you so much for making this show a part of your daily routine. We got more player previews coming your way later this week as we try to get them all hammered out before the start of the Gonzaga basketball season. November 3rd, folks, it's coming up. We are a week away from Halloween and then just a few more days after that until Gonzaga opens that season against Lewis Clark State in that exhibition opener. And then, of course, a week out from the game against Yale on November 10th. So stick with us here as we continue to get through these player previews, keep you updated on recruiting, other scheduling stuff, injury updates, all that good stuff as we get into the college basketball season. But for right now, we are continuing our player preview series talking about Gonzaga's loan domestic freshman in the class of 2023 that is Dusty Stromer. We talked about his history, how he ended up in Spokane. We're going to talk now about his best case and worst case scenarios, and I'll continue to use this caveat for each of these shows. That is best case within reason, worst case without injury. So we're not going to discuss the worst case scenario where Dusty gets hurt and misses the season because that does not really very good analysis. And also it's everybody, it's every player's worst case scenario. So we're going to talk worst case on the court and best case within reason. 
If I thought Dusty Strummer was truly capable of being the national player of the year this year, we would talk about it. But if I do not believe that is the case, we'll talk about a more realistic outcome for Dusty Strummer. So starting with Dusty, for the best case scenario, he's a rare Zag who starts as a freshman right away. And I say rare because it really is rare. It really is. Jalen Suggs and Chet Holmgren, of course, did it. And I think that because they are recent Zags who started right away, I think there's maybe more belief that this is something that that could continue to happen but it is rare. I mean, Zach Collins is a five-star. He did not start right away. Hunter Salas is a five-star. He did not start right away. He didn't start at all in two years. Nolan Hickman was a five-star prospect. He didn't start right away as well. So Dusty's a four-star. Most four-stars do not start right away for Gonzaga at all. In fact, a lot of them don't play serious rotation minutes. We'll get to that a little bit later, but in the best case scenario for Dusty, he kind of bucks that trend and he starts at the three right away for this team. He plays 25-ish minutes per game. I don't know that I see even a best-case scenario where Dusty's playing 30 minutes per night. It's just incredibly rare for a freshman to do that. But in a best-case scenario, Dusty starts at the three. He plays 25-ish minutes per night, and he kind of spends those minutes as a 2-3 hybrid. In this situation, he's probably pushing Steel Venters into a smaller role, potentially coming off the bench with Nolan Hickman starting at the two. Uh, there's a situation where Jun Sok Yo plays a lot of minutes at the three. Dusty plays a lot of minutes at the two, and that pushes Hickman and Venters both into smaller roles. Uh, there's a lot of kind of situations that could arise. Dusty has enough positional flexibility. I don't think he's going to play the one much this year, in part because I don't think he's ready to play the one, and in part because they have Ryan Nemhart, so they don't need him to. Dusty's not a small ball four. He's not big enough. He's not strong enough to be that. But he could play both the two and the three. And in the best-case scenario for Dusty, he is playing the, both those positions consistently enough to earn over 20, close to 25 minutes per night. How this happens, how he reaches this best case scenario, the variety of scoring tools and ability put, to push the pace makes him a real threat. He can get out and transition. He can find buckets that way. He can shoot from beyond the arc. He can attack the rim. That floater game is as polished as we saw from Julian Strother last year. He's already got that in his bag in a complete way. And he's capable of dropping 20 points on any given night. Maybe he averages 12 plus, but on any given night, you're like, Dusty could get hot. And all of a sudden he's got 18, he's got 22, he's got 26. That kind of thing happens for Dusty Stromer in the best case scenario. The best case scenario for Dusty Stromer is the outside shooting is very consistent. Most freshmen come in and struggle a little bit. It takes them a year or two. Julian Strother was 32% as a freshman before he got better. Like it takes some time to become an elite three-point shooter. And the best case scenario for Dusty Stromer, he is that knockdown shooter from day one. Teams have to respect him from beyond the arc. It allows him to put the ball on the deck, drive to the basket, and get points that way. And we also see a very mature distributor, facilitator. He can put put the ball on the deck, drive to the basket, find open shooters on the wing, find open post players to, to drop the ball down to. He just shows that kind of polish that you don't typically see from a true freshman. The best case scenario for Dusty Stromer is that his defense is as good as we've seen from a freshman guard not named Jalen Suggs. Dusty Stromer comes in, he gets a lot of steals, he uses his six foot six size to bother WCC guards, he keeps them in front of him, they're not able to drive around him, and while he's maybe not as strong as some of those guys, just because he's still very lean and he's still very young, he uses that length to bother people, even without the strength. I'm not going to actually compare Dusty Stromer to Chet Holmgren, because that's a little ridiculous, but think about that stylistically where maybe you could see Dusty get pushed back a little bit by bigger guards or stronger guards, but he uses that length to still disrupt them, to still bother the shot, to still not let them get around him and get easy looks at the basket. 
a best case scenario for Dusty Stromer is probably something like 12, bo- 12 points, four-ish boards, two and a half assists on plus efficiency. If Dusty does that, that is a massive boost for Gonzaga. Nolan Hickman's probably the biggest X factor for this team. I think you could argue Jun Sakyo is a huge X factor for this team. The health of Graham EK is, of course, a huge X factor for this team. But if this Dusty Stromer shows up, this best case scenario where he is a starter, a consistent performer, a, a possible all WCC caliber player, that is a massive boost for Gonzaga. It puts less pressure on Hickman, less pressure on Steel Venters, less pressure on June Sakio, really less pressure on the veterans, on Ryan Nempard and Anton Watson, because they have another guy who can go out and score the basketball. The best case scenario for, for Dusty Stromer is he's a WCC freshman of the year, and he's an all WCC player as well. He's on that second team. He's on that third team. He's an honorable mention at least. And the best case scenario for Dusty Stromer is that Gonzaga fans are really sweating whether he's going to go one and done because he was that good as a true freshman that there's a real factor that he could be a Zach Collins where you never really expected him to be a one and done. And at the end of the year, you're going, oh, man, he might not come back. So what are the worst case scenarios for Dusty Stromer? And for Dusty and most young players, the spread here is going to be pretty significant because the worst case scenario for Dusty Stromer is it looks a lot like the freshman years for Julian Strother and Dominic Harris. Just as a reminder, both Harris and Strother were four-star prospects. They were both basically ranked right around the same spot as Dusty Stromer. I think Strother was like 48th by the time that the rankings finished. Dom was in the 50s, mid-50s, pretty close to where Dusty Stromer is right now. And it's worth acknowledging that the 2023 recruiting class is considered fairly weak. So Dusty's four-star ranking in that class is, again, comparable to where Strother and Harris were. Strother averaged 7.4 minutes in 25 games and played and had 3.4 points. Harris averaged 7.2 minutes in 25 games and averaged three points. Basically the exact same production for those two guys as freshmen. 25 games means they basically played every single night. Seven minutes per game means they did not really play consistent rotation minutes. A lot of the minutes for Harris and Strother in their freshman year were garbage time minutes. The majority of them. Occasionally, they got some end of the first half minutes to keep somebody out of uh, to keep prevent somebody from committing another foul, that kind of stuff. But for the most part, those two guys were out of the rotation. And I want to be clear: this is the worst case scenario for Dusty Stromer as a freshman in terms of production on the court. This is not necessarily a bad scenario for Dusty. It is not necessarily a bad scenario for the Zags. It is not a scenario where if this happens, that people should be really up in arms about it. Of course, if Dusty's not playing and players in front of him are playing poorly, I know we will hear about it and we will discuss it on the show. And there is possibility that it could be a bad scenario. But look at what happened to Julian Strother. He plays very little as a freshman. He plays a much bigger role as a sophomore. He explodes as a junior. He's a first round pick and already looking like a steal for the Denver Nuggets. Now it can go the other direction. Dominic Harris, of course, suffered injuries. That is a, an unfortunate byproduct of this, something that did not wasn't the reason that he didn't play very much. I mean, the injuries contributed to that. Of course, he didn't play that second year. He got very little playing time after that, ends up transferring. Now at LMU, hopefully a fresh start will kind of get him back on track. But for Dusty Stromer, yeah, there are a lot of different ways things could go if his freshman year results in him playing a limited ninth, tenth man in the rotation type role. And I think that's possible. I think that the worst case scenario where he is just outside that rotation is distinctly possible. Gonzaga does not have the same amount of depth as they had on those teams where where Dominic Harris and Julian Stroth were out of the rotation. But if you assume a starting five of Ryan Nempard, Nolan Hickman, Steele Venters, Anton Watson, Graham E.K., Ben Gregg's your sixth man, June Sakyo's your seventh man, now Dusty's fighting with Luka Krinovich and Braden Huff for those eighth man minutes. If he doesn't get them, 
he could be that ninth guy. He could be in that Dominic Harris situation. And again, this is not a bad thing for Dusty, depending on how it's handled. And that's why it's hard to know what the worst case scenario is. If Dusty handles this poorly, is frustrated that he's not playing very well, doesn't do well in the minutes that he gets because he's not used to coming off the bench and only playing six minutes a night. And you see that frustration. You see him not knocking down shots. Again, that may look like a worst case scenario. It may feel like a worst case scenario to Dusty himself, very understandably. But if he learns from that, if he gains valuable experience getting to play against guys like Nemhard and Hickman and Venters in practice and gets better, Again, nobody's going to say Julian Strother's freshman year was a bust because look what it led to. And I think that's why it's hard to judge worst case scenarios for, for a freshman like Stromer. If he doesn't play much, if he's only playing in garbage time, yeah, maybe at the end of the year we're wondering, is Dusty going to be that guy? What is he going to look like in year two? We're not confident that he can step into an immediate role in year two. And at the end of the year, his role being undefined is very possible because the only player on this roster who's guaranteed to not be here the year after this is Anton Watson. If Steel Venters comes back, if Nolan Hickman comes back, if Jun Sok Yo comes back, where is Dusty Stromer's role in year two? Think about what happened to Hunter Salas. Hunter Salas expected to have a bigger role in year two, but most of the guys in front of him didn't leave. And that left him with a situation where he didn't get that role. So those are some of the worst case scenarios that could happen to Dusty Stromer. But what I want to do now to close out today's show is discuss my realistic expectations. As you would expect, it's somewhere in the middle between that best case scenario and that worst case scenario. We're going to discuss that as well as Dusty's future in Spokane, all coming up after a word from today's sponsor, Prize Picks. Folks, every Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. With the Prize Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted, folks. This is unprecedented in the daily fantasy sports space. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. And this app, folks, it's super easy to use. All you do is pick two or more players and choose more or less with the given stat. So you're looking at the Denver Nuggets first game of the season, Julian Strother over under nine and a half points. Boom, you hit over because Julian Strother is playing the heck out of the game right now and you want to get that 10 points per game for him. You hit over, he scored more than 10 points. Boom, you are done. You have made yourself some money. It is that simple. So go to pricefix.com slash college. Use that promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit matchup up to $100. Again, that's pricefix.com slash college. Use promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit matchup up to $100. PrizePix, that's daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, folks, closing up the show today, talking Dusty Stromer. As we have all show long, talked about his history, his high school performance, his high school scouting reports, talked about his best case and worst case scenarios for next season. Now we're going to talk about the most realistic roles and expectations for Dusty in this upcoming season. And right now I do have Dusty on that kind of eight, nine line in terms of Mark Few's rotation. Mark Few typically plays eight. Sometimes he plays seven. Rarely does he play nine on a consistent basis. So Dusty's right in that mix. Again, I'm projecting a starting lineup of Nemhard, Hickman, Venters, Watson, and EK. Ben Gregg is going to be that sixth man. He's going to get the most minutes of anybody coming off the bench, most likely. I think Jun Sakyo is in that seventh spot. That is not guaranteed. Yo, perhaps more than any player of the history of me doing these player previews, has probably the biggest best case and lowest worst case scenario. His, his spread is going to be massive when we do that episode in the coming weeks. So for... Projection right now, 7, 8, 9, and 10 are all up in the air. It's between Jun Sakyo, Dusty Stromer, Luka Krinovich, and Braden Huff. 
Braden Huff looked the best in the craziness in the kennel. He, you know, is the guy who's been in the program the longest out of that group, but as a big, he's just more limited because he is clearly the fourth big. He does not play any other positions, but the five, maybe the four, depending on the lineup. But I think that that actually gives Huff a disadvantage despite being perhaps the most division one Gonzaga basketball ready as a performer. Outside of that, Dusty kind of fits. I think he's going to be competing a lot with Krinovich. Krinovich is a little bit older. He's played against older players. He has more kind of physicality. He's smaller, though. He, I mean, shorter, at least. So it's going to be really close. Now, Dusty's been affiliated with Gonzaga basketball for many years. He's more familiar with the system, I imagine. Luca didn't come over until September. So it's going to be an interesting competition between those two guys to see who kind of earns that, what I imagine is going to be eighth, eighth rotation minutes. My guess is that Dusty Stromer is in that, similar to that Strother-Harris, 25, 30 games. Maybe he plays every night, but he plays eight-ish minutes per game. That's my projection for Dusty Stromer. I think it might be a little bit more. I wouldn't be shocked if it's more like 10 to 12 minutes as opposed to the seven and a half minutes that, that Strother and Harris played as freshmen. Again, I think the depth on this Gonzaga roster is a little bit slimmer. So something like basically playing every night with 10 to 11 minutes per game. That's like just right, kind of right on the cusp of being a rotation player for Gonzaga. And I think we're going to see a lot of really good things from him. I think we're going to see him push the pace. I think we're going to see him make really good decisions with the basketball. I think we're going to see him shoot decent from deep. And I think we're going to see him play good defense. I also think we're going to see him make mistakes. We're going to see him make bad passes. We're going to see him push the pace or or force it into transition when it's not there. We're going to see him get bodied by bigger guards. Like he's he's a freshman. He's a thin freshman. And I think we're going to see the highs and lows that you typically see from a freshman. I am very curious who's going to play more between him and Krinovich. It's one of my biggest questions leading into this season because we haven't seen enough of Krinovich. We haven't seen enough of either of them, really, to know exactly how that's going to shake out. Again, thinking about something like a Gonzaga-Baylor scrimmage, if we get any results from that, thinking about that, that exhibition game, I don't take a lot of results from those seriously, but I will take like who plays more between these two guys pretty seriously. That's something that I'm going to be very curious about when we get into that those conversations in the next coming weeks. What about the future for Dusty Stromer? I think Dusty Stromer is the kind of guy who's going to be a three, maybe four-year player at Gonzaga. And I think in a couple of years, he's going to be somebody that the rest of the WCC really doesn't like. He strikes me as that he's got a, a big personality from everything we've seen from him in high school. He's got a, a, bit, of, a bit of arrogance, a little bit of swagger to him. Uh, he's got, you know, the long hair that is kind of traditional with Gonzaga. I think Dusty Stromer is going to be like potentially villain number one in the WCC in a couple of years. I really believe that he has that in him. I don't think it's going to show up this year, except in spurts, except in, in little instances where maybe he makes a big play and pounds his chest, you know, towards the end of a WCC game and maybe gets the opposing crowd a little riled up, that kind of thing. But I think for the most part, Dusty is a developmental piece who's going to be a huge part of this team three to four years from now. I think he'll have a bigger role next year, but again, it's really determined by whether Ventures comes back, whether Hickman comes back, whether Nemhard comes back, whether, you know, Krinovich, all those guys, everybody could come back. There's no obvious players who are going to leave, of course, outside of Anton Watson. Nobody who looks like an obvious NBA candidate after this year. Of course, you never know with the transfer portal. But for right now, Dusty's role in year two may not take a huge jump from year one. I think it'll be bigger. I think we will see more from him. I think as he has gotten stronger, more used to Division I college basketball, I think he will just be a better player. And that could cut into some of that playing time for Hickman and Venters, assuming those guys are back next season. But I think that 
I think that Stromer's a guy who's going to really showcase who he can be by the time we get to year two. And certainly by the time we get to year three or four, he's a starter, he's a consistent player, and he's a nuisance to the opposing teams, whether it's in the WCC or whether it's in the Big 12, I guess we don't know. He might be uh, bothering some players in a whole different conference by the time he's uh, at his peak. But I think he's also does have NBA future. I don't think he's an obvious early leaving candidate, again, because of some of those the strength concerns, the physicality. He's just not physically mature enough to be an NBA player yet. But he's six foot six. And if he's capable of playing the two, NBA teams love six foot six, two guards. They love him. Again, he's going to have to get stronger. He's going to have to show some of that athleticism. I think he is a, a good athlete right now, but there's a difference between being a good Division I athlete and an NBA athlete. He's going to need to prove he can get to that level. And then the biggest thing, he needs to shoot it. I mean, he needs to really shoot it. If he's not a consistent outside shooter, nothing else matters. His defense is good. His ability to push the pace is good. Unless he's like NBA point guard caliber good as a passer, which is not a skill that I expect him to have. I think he'll be a fine passer. I don't think he's going to be an NBA point guard type of passer. So for him, he, he needs to prove he can be an NBA caliber defender, which I think he's capable of being once he puts some size on. And then he needs to prove he can shoot the crap out of the basketball. Then you get that three and D tag. Once you get that three and D tag, boom, you're an NBA player. Six foot six, shoot the three and play defense. You're in. You're in. So I think that there is absolutely a reality where Dusty Stromer is an NBA player. I did a, a mailbag question a while back about who on this team has the most NBA potential. Stroth, or excuse me, Stromer wasn't top of the list. I think Jun Sakyo is top of the list, but Stromer is in the top three or four on this team because of his age, because of his size, because of his perceived what he's capable of bringing to this team in the future. I think there is absolutely an NBA reality for Dusty Stromer. I think it's a couple of years away, but I think that that's at the end, that's probably a good thing for Gonzaga because that means they get three, maybe four really good years out of Dusty Stromer before he's off to the NBA. All right, that's going to wrap us up for today here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen or your first watch of the day. Shout out to those everyday listeners. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on Discord if you have not done so yet. You can click that link in the show notes below and you can join us. We're talking Zags 24-7, over 100 of us right now getting into the season. You can also follow my written stuff at scorezagscore.com. Thank you so much again for making the show your first listen of the day. And until next time, as always, go Zags.